we look at this topic of prayer, for many of us, it's not an unusual topic. In fact, we've been focusing, again, much of this particular service on prayer. And it's fine for me to preach a half an hour sermon about prayer and we pray for five minutes. But I really wanted us to, as a community, experience prayer and put the emphasis on that. And that's why this part, this homily, I wanted to change it to call it today, is, is just to the point. Hope it doesn't go on too long, but you get the idea. If this was your first introduction to prayer, you might be wondering, what do we do here if, if we do anything else? Well, there's three things that I want us to look at about prayer today. Prayer is paramount. So number one, prayer is paramount. Prayer is to glorify God, not us. And prayer is an important way to join in God's work. First, prayer is paramount. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this in the ESV. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Prayer is paramount. If we do nothing else but pray throughout this week, even when we gather here together, if if all we intend to do is to plan for prayer, connecting with God and speaking to him quietly, patiently, we're in good shape. If, If all we do is focus in on prayer, if that was the heart of what we do, instead of filling it up with other things, we'd be in good shape. Because if we do that, if we start with that, I have no doubt that God would move us to action. And that's always the best time to take action. When God, instead of dragging you with a rope, he's pushing you in the direction he wants you to go because you sense it, you feel it. You probably, your feet are already walking that direction and he's just kind of giving you this gentle nudge. Didn't have to drag you along. The sad thing is, is for antsy people like me, we usually put the cart before the horse. We do the actions and think that they are right without really taking time to commune or listen to God. Short story for you. While on the South Texas Nazarene District, Jackie and I went to a pastor and spouse's kind of pre-ordination uh, training weekend. It was a requirement in order to become ordained on that district to go to this thing. It's an evaluation. One of the last exercises after this whole weekend of telling you, you know, what kind of a personality you are, what kind of a minister you are, what kind of issues you need to hash out between the two of you and in ministry, they sat us down in a small group and gave us this like, almost like word problem, if you will, to, to work out as a group. I hadn't worked with many of these ministers before, but we all kind of got together in the circle and every small group was given the same problem. It was a good problem, but it was still a problem that we had to solve. It said, someone has donated $5,000 to you and your staff to take a prayer retreat. You have, uh, how would you use the money and what would you do? And what are your plans for the retreat? We were given only about 30 minutes or so to make this plan and come back to the group and tell them what we would do. Uh, It was a training exercise that I would never forget. Some of the guys around the circle had very strong personalities. We talked about that earlier during Sunday school. Um, They were very task-oriented people. Uh, A few spoke out and made suggestions, of course, kind of 
nudging us along. Well, we only have so much time to talk about this, so let's do this and this. I think this is the best idea. Perhaps they, they asked people what they thought in their certain area, but our spouses were not joining in. Maybe it's because the rest of us were just yakking our jaws, but our spouses were not joining in. Mainly, they probably felt like they were being left out of the planning, that their, their thoughts didn't matter. Nobody asked them. Near the end of the time limit, it was pointed out that we have, believe it or not, a Spanish-speaking pastor in our group, one maybe none of us had really gotten connected with throughout the weekend or on the district at that time. Um, and he had another person to translate with him. Problem was, is we hadn't intentionally connected with him or his translator throughout that weekend. We hadn't asked him in that small time frame that we had what his thoughts were. So once that was pointed out to us and our eyeballs were open to the situation, um, we did. Um, we were encouraged to inquire what he thought. And he said the most brilliant thing. He said, 30 minutes is not enough time. Here's what I would say. I would say thank you for your gift to the person who donated the $5,000. And then we are going to pray about the best way to use that money. He didn't rush. He said, I'm not going to be constricted by this time limit that you've arbitrarily set just because we have this money or this timeline that you think needs to happen. I learned in that group, and I have to keep reminding myself that I've learned this, to slow down and to listen. To take others' ideas and thoughts into consideration. Don't leave people out. And best of all, Don't be pressured into making decisions without taking it to God in prayer. So prayer is paramount. It needs to be the first thing we do. Even when we're planning, trying to plan a prayer retreat, we need to plan a a time to plan the prayer retreat and pray about that. We need to pray. Prayer, number two, is to glorify God, not us. It's to glorify God, not us. Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray for the, in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray for, to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases As the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Anytime a person earnestly prays, they are reaching out to the one who is higher than them. Nobody prays to somebody or asks somebody for help who's below them, by the way. It doesn't make any sense. Here, help me up, person who's laying on the ground. Picture that. We're always constantly reaching up. If we're earnestly praying to God, pull me up out of this, God. That is the visual I see when I think of prayer. We're going to the person who, the one who is higher, more powerful, and who is holy, who is pure. Whenever we pray, it shouldn't have air quotes around the word prayer. Prayer is a conversation between us and God. We ask him things because he knows everything. We ask him things because he knows everything. 
We ask him to move in a powerful way because we believe he can. And guess what? He can. Perhaps we have seen it in our own lives. Perhaps we've heard it in others. Perhaps we've read it in God's word. But he can move in a powerful way. Jesus makes it clear here in Matthew, which is where that scripture was from, Matthew 6, 5 through 8. Makes it clear if we pray for our glory, we have received our reward. Catch that. If we pray in order to glorify ourselves, to be shining, to be looked at, we've gotten the reward and it's that. But if in humility we ask him for forgiveness, restoration, healing, guidance, all those things, and we do not do so to garner attention from the world, but truly to connect with God, he then is our reward. He is our great reward. So prayer is paramount. Prayer is to glorify God, not us. And prayer is an important way to join God's work. Just a few verses later, Jesus gives us the best example of of a humble prayer that reaches out to God, calling on him to do what he, God, wants. But in doing so, we join him and his desires. We join with his desires. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For, and then it continues on, Jesus says to him, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 15. I'd like to put that last part in my own words. God, holy is your name. Bring your kingdom here and now. Give us just what we need. Forgive us as we have been forgiven. Protect us from stumbling and falling in sin. That's what those words mean. At least that's how I internalize it. Maybe you would say it differently. As we pray with that an honest and open heart, we join together with God, seeking his kingdom coming here and now, doing what we hear him say, and to do in order to seek his kingdom to continue to take root in this world. We care. We care for the widow and the orphan. We go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that Jesus has commanded us. We have compassion on the needy. We have faith in Jesus that he can do anything. Why would we share the good news if we didn't believe that Jesus can change anyone's heart? And that's why we share it. Unafraid and unashamed. That's why we live it unafraid and unashamed. That's why we pray we reach out to the one who can pull us up, not pull us down. There is one who can pull us down. <laughs> you know who it is. And you know the type of people that he likes to use to pull us down. But we need to use the Holy Spirit to lift them up as well. And we do that through the power of prayer. Let's pray to conclude our time today. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you this day that you have given us a way to commune with you to connect with you. You have said, my 
My office door is always open. I'm never too busy for you. How cool is that, Lord? I, I can't even fathom that I'm not interrupting you when I come to you with my prayers. I don't need to be apologetic with what I'm praying about. Lord, I, you know, I think this is a really small thing. You don't really care about that. That's not true. God, you care about every little thing. Whether it's somebody's life hanging on by the thread or I can't find the TV remote. I've prayed about both, Lord. And I believe in you and I trust you and I know what your word says. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today that us as a church, as a community, could wrap your loving arms around this community and this world through prayer. Your reach, Holy Spirit, is so much greater than ours. And we want to send it out today as we pray. Help us this week to pray for our community locally, our towns, our villages, our cities. Pray for our state, our country, our world. Put prayer on our hearts so deeply that nothing else can get our attention. And when something does come up, Help us to stop and pray about that. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace.